Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here's your host, Price Atkinson. As they say, folks, better late than never. Another edition of Yards and Stripes late here in the week. And I appreciate everybody bearing with me as uh, work uh, took charge this week. So my apologies to everybody on just now getting out uh, what will be in a abbreviated version of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football this week. Uh, we got a lot of games to get you ready for. We'll take a very, very quick look back as it's Friday now uh, and take a, just a quick look back on what transpired last weekend. We'll certainly give out our game ball and wrap up with our Travis Mannion Foundation honor roll segment that we do every single week here on Yards and Stripes. And we'll have our guest interview. We're going to talk with Sal Interdonato from BlackKnightNation.com. Thought we'd get a midseason check-in on the Army Black Knights, especially considering the Black Knights now sit at 3-3 three and three after a second consecutive loss over the weekend. So we'll talk with Sal Interdonato uh, here in just a little bit. Uh, but as I said, we will take a look ahead to the games this weekend, give out our game ball, and do our Travis Manion Foundation honor roll segment. Don't forget, uh, if you haven't subscribed, please do. Apple Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, a myriad of ways, uh, redcircle.com. Uh, certainly follow us on Twitter, Facebook. We post the links every single week uh, to how you can hear another episode of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. So hit subscribe. It comes right there to your smartphone every single week, and we'd love a review. Uh, five stars would be fantastic, folks. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, but anyway... We move along, and we also move back really quickly to take a look at what happened last weekend. Hut, hut, hike! All right, now let's take a step back real quickly before we look ahead and get to our guest interview and give out our game ball. want to just touch on last weekend's three games. We'll start with the midshipmen heading out to, for a road affair uh, against the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, and the midshipmen go on the road and get a 45-17 to win to improve to 4-1 and overall, 2-1 and in the American Athletic. They did the job, uh, certainly defensively in the first half, as they only gave up a field goal. Gave up a pair of touchdowns in the third and fourth quarter, uh, but Tulsa was just way too far behind. As the Malcolm Perry show was in full effect, 218 yards rushing, averaged almost 11 yards per carry in the contest. Uh, also going uh, uh, into the end zone three times, was also 2 of 4 with 9 yards. But as I mentioned, uh, Navy did the job early and often, and that second quarter is when things change. Navy was leading 7-3 to three when the second period started, and it was all Navy in that second stanza. 21 points uh, the midshipmen put up uh, in that quarter as they got touchdown runs from C.J. Wi- Williams, Nelson Smith, and Malcolm Perry's 35-yard touchdown run with two minutes to go in the first half as Navy went to the locker room up 28-3. to three. But also, as I mentioned, you know, the D- Navy defense, which is just night and day different uh, this season, gave up 323 yards. It was mostly there in the second half, but they only allowed the Golden Hurricane to rush for 69 yards in the football game. So a fantastic job by the Navy defense. Again, Navy getting past Tulsa 45-17 to last weekend. All right, the Army Black Knights. It was a tough, tough evening in Bowling Green. As they that offense just could not get anything going as the Black Knights fell. Two straight losses now for Army, losing 17 to 8 at Western Kentucky. Uh, in the football game, uh, Army had 10 first downs, but as the third quarter started, they only had three first downs in the football game. They finished just with, with a season low 137 yard rushing and 208 yards of total offense in the football game. 
didn't commit any turnovers. But Western Kentucky just was a step ahead, it seeming like, all night long. The Hilltoppers were 10 of 17 on third down conversions, 2 of 3 on fourth down conversions, and held the football for 38 minutes in the contest. Stop me if you've heard that one before. Uh, but it was just all Western Kentucky as they jumped out to a 7 0 lead. I mean, it was a close game uh, at the half. They've got a uh, one yard touchdown run capping a long touchdown drive in the first quarter. Uh, but Western wouldn't score again until a uh, short chip shot there midway through the third quarter to t- take a 10-0 lead. So Army was technically in the football game. But if anybody listening right now watched that game, you know that Army just had a tough time and he never felt like they were really in it just because of their inability to move the football. Army did get that uh, did get on the board to avoid the shutout on a Malik Hancock eight-yard touchdown catch from Kelvin Hopkins Jr. with 141 in the game. That capped an 11-play, 75-yard drive as Army went hurry up in just two minutes and 21 seconds. Uh, but again, Navy or Army just got to find a way to, to stymie and stop this um, and stop the tide right now because after losing to Tulane at home, which is a really, really good Tulane team, uh, falling, though, uh, at Western Kentucky and just, as Jeff Munkin said, kind of looking lifeless, falling 17-8. to Army going to have to figure it out this weekend. Our final game of the weekend, uh, Air Force uh, uh, over the weekend on Saturday night in Colorado Springs, they hosted the Fresno State Bulldogs in Air Force. They get a 43-24 to win. They've now won two out of their last three, has Coach Troy Calhoun's team, uh, but a 43-24 to victory in a game that Air Force led at the half. 22, uh, or excuse me, was trailing at the half, 24-22, to but it was all Air Force in the second half. Air Force shut out the Bulldogs 21-0 in the second half, got a touchdown in, in the third quarter, and then a pair of touchdowns there uh, in the third quarter for the or fourth quarter for the game's final margin. DJ Hammond three yards out, and then Kyle Johnson on the very next possession intercepts Fresno State, returns it 24 yards for a pick six, and that was ultimately the game's final margin on that pick six with 12 minutes to go. Air Force 43 to 24 over Fresno State. And a Fresno State team that we know has perennially been very, very good in the game. George Reyna, the quarterback for Fresno State, talk about a good night, 20 to 27 uh, for two touchdowns, 209 yards. Uh, but that Air Force defense, which has been really, really good this season, they they stack it up and they allow just 268 yards of offense, only 59 yards rushing for Fresno State in getting the job done without turning the football over, uh, leading the way for the Falcons. Timothy Jackson, 20 carries, a team high, along with 117 yards and a touchdown. Donald Hammond carried it 13 times for 37 yards, but scored two touchdown runs and also threw for a touchdown. So Air Force now 43-24. to They improved to 4-2 and in, the, in overall 2-1 and in the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, you know what that sound means, and I hate to be repetitive, folks, but stop me if you've heard this before. Our game ball this week going to go to Navy quarterback Malcolm Perry, and, and I'm not sure how it cannot go uh, to Perry. Is in the win over to Tulsa on, on the road last week. 20 carries, 218 yards, and three touchdowns. Again, in the win over the Golden Hurricane. And just the numbers, the staggering numbers, uh, that that Perry just continues to put up each week. You know, it's as well as uh, running. He completed uh, two or four passes for nine yards in the game. But I mean, he was 
over what 100 and I think 50 yards at halftime you know in the football game and just just I mean the effort that he continues to put forward you know his fourth career 200 yard rushing game the first of the season now the four 200-yard rushing game, second most in program history. Chris McCoy, the, the great quarterback from the mid-'90s, uh, leads Navy in, in with five all-time. But uh, he reached 200 yards on a 31-yard run early there in the fourth quarter that set up uh, his three-yard touchdown run on the ensuing uh on the ensuing play. Uh, but just again, uh, Malcolm Perry doing incredible things with the football. If Navy, if he can stay healthy, he's got obviously a, certainly a big opportunity uh, do, to do some even more special things as he is just moving up the record book uh, in Navy uh, rushing history. He's fourth all time now uh, with 2,946 yards. He just moved past Kyle Eckel and Eddie Myers in that football game over the weekend. He's now fourth all time in Navy with all-purpose yards, uh, with 3,907 all-purpose yards. So, again, Malcolm Perry, our weekly game ball winner this week for that incredible effort uh, that he turned in in that win over Tulsa last weekend. All right, now it's time to get to our featured guest interview. We're going to move from talking about Navy and Air Force. We're going to talk all about Army with Sal Interdenano with BlackKnightNation.com. You won't want to miss this interview with Sal, who he shed some light on what he thinks is going on with the Black Knights, who haven't lost two straight, three and three, now traveling to Georgia State this weekend. So Sal Interdenato is coming up next, right here on Yards and Stripes. So many games to muddle through. Who's looking for an angle? Who's looking for an upset? We're looking for it every week as part of Three Dog Thursday. Hi, I'm TJ Reeves. Join me for the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to picking those underdogs. My co-host Kevin Rogers is a senior handicapper from VegasInsider.com, and we do a great job of analyzing and predicting at least three underdogs to look for every week in college football and in the pros. Plus, when the college basketball season rolls around, we got to keep picking underdogs all the way through the Final Four. It's Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. And when picking those underdogs in the football and college basketball season, remember our podcast, Three Dog Thursday. It's everything you need to know about Service Academy football. Yards and Stripes continues. Here again is Price Atkinson. All right, welcome back into Yards and Stripes, and we're going to move along right now and talk about the Army Black Knights. And, you know, we talked to Sal Interdonado a little bit earlier in the season, uh, writes for and started, founded the BlackKnightNation.com. That's BlackKnightNation.com. Follow him on Twitter at BK. Night Nation. Uh, we talked to Sal earlier in the season, kind of got a season preview. We're at the halfway point, but I thought, Sal, one of the more pressing things kind of uh, to, to talk about with you and having you back a, a little bit sooner than I anticipated, it's just kind of what's going on the last two weeks is Army now sitting three and three, a, a place here at the halfway point that I don't think anybody would really have expected, especially coming off that strong game against Michigan, but more importantly, having lost two straight just talk about this team right now at the halfway point, Sal. 
Yeah, I think if you go back to the Michigan game, I think that, you know, when you play those power five schools and those traditionally, you know, strong schools, you know, that game, those games usually take a toll on the team physically. Yeah. I think that's what you kind of saw a little bit, even though Kelvin Hopkins was, was missed a few games and they won those games. It's like, I mean, their their offensive line's been banged up. They they lost Jalen McClinton for a while. And now, you know, they get they piece some guys back. Some guys are still out. Amadeo West and Cam Jones might be out for the season. So so, you know, you, you, like what 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 has happened these last two games? I think basically, you know, these teams have really Tulane was a very um, you know athletic and talented team that the Army just couldn't keep up with. They just had too many weapons on offense. On, and and that um, last week, wow, at Western Kentucky, that was um, Western Kentucky doing a little number that Army's used to doing on teams with the time of possession, the long drives and not necessarily scoring, but holding on to the ball and you know, eight possessions, um, price in four, three and outs for army are not going to get it done, you yeah. know? And, uh, it was, you know, the, the running game is struggling the last two weeks. Wow. When's the last time you saw army hold held under 200 yards rushing in back-to-back games? You know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's a little bit, it's a little puzzling. You know? so, yeah. Like you said, I mean, it's been, uh, the last couple of weeks, I, I believe they've been out rushed. Uh, I'm trying to remember the stat. I think it's 330 yards combined the last two weeks rushing, while giving yeah. up 500 and right at 550 yards on the ground. Uh, and, and one of the other telling stats I look at, Sal, and the losses to, to Tulane and Western Kentucky, um, you know, the conversion uh, rate on third down, I believe 17 out of 29 uh, Tulane and Western uh, converted on third down combined the last two weeks. And that will certainly keep chains moving in time of possession when you're able to run the ball uh, with the other team. Yeah, how many times last week at, in the Western Kentucky game did Ty Story, their quarterback, keep the, their drive going with like a, a sneak or like a, a, a quick uh, key pass? I mean, they can't get off the field, the defense, and the offense can't stay on the field. You know, so, I mean, that's that's trouble. And, uh, you know, the defense to only give up 17 points against Western Kentucky, you, you, that should be a win. Yeah. You know, and uh, especially that last touchdown, Western Kentucky just wore them down. Yeah. I mean, what were they on the field for like 38 minutes or something like that? I mean, that's just, you know, he, he, the Army bent, bent not break defense at times has been their philosophy. And, you know, they're going to put a lot of pressure on t- on offenses. And, you know, that takes out a lot, a lot of energy out of your players. And, um, you know, wow. I mean, the offense just hasn't they haven't found their the Darnell Woolfolks or the Andy Davidsons or even the Kalen Holtz this year. I mean, Connor Slunka's started off a little bit banged up and, you know, hasn't yet. He's had some good rushing games and, but it's not translating the wins. It's not translating the touchdowns for this offense, you know, and yeah, what do you do? You know, they're not going to change their philosophy on offense as we saw against Western Kentucky. Yeah. They ran, they ran fullback dive five of the first six plays, I believe. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. So, so what you do, we have, like I was asked, I was asked on another uh, uh, t- a talk show, uh, where can they go? Do they have any guys that, that are not playing right now that can make a difference? Not really. No. Yeah. I mean, not really. I mean, could you give Jabari Law some snaps? Could you rotate quarterbacks? Could you play him at slot back? Um, they've tried them in a couple uh, trick plays, and eh, it just hasn't worked. You yeah. Know? So. They, these defenses, I mean, there's there's a, there's a formula now how to stop the Army uh, offense, and it seems like almost every team has bought into it and is playing like just take away the, the outsides and really force um, and really pinch in on the insides, and 
unless Army can break off a couple big runs by their fullback, defenses are going to stay in that um, mindset. So, yeah, I mean, Connor Slomka is, is is really the guy, the feature ball carrier. Obviously, we know Kelvin Hopkins as quarterback is going to do a lot of that. But you talk about guys maybe missing in action, or where where do you go? What about a guy? What about a guy like Kel Walker? You know, who I think is 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 honestly one of Army's best players when he has the ball in his hands, and he's only rushed, I believe, this season for I mean, barely over 150 yards. But when he carries it, he's at about six and a half yards a clip, and he scored two touchdowns. He's a guy that I would look at as a senior, especially going home to uh, the the Georgia, you know, the the Atlanta area this weekend against Georgia State. He would be a guy I'd be looking at to try and help jumpstart and kickstart the offense. Yeah, and, and Kel's been banged up too. He's yep. been banged up during games and had had been taken off the field for a player sometimes extended time. And you know what? I just don't think that they use those slot backs enough. But I mean, that's been the that's been their formula in the past. I mean, you look at yeah. guys who you thought should get more like Kel. I mean, look at the way Kel was featured as a freshman. I mean, wasn't he a? Didn't they use him as a fullback against Navy as a freshman? Yep. Um, they tried to get him the ball as much as they could. He was a playmaker for them. Well, they've gone away from the you know. Look at the guys that passed through the program. You look at a John Trainer who could make some plays. I mean, when his name was called on, yeah, John Trainer made some plays, but it wasn't called on often enough. Yep. You know, and that's just their. Yeah, I mean, what is it? You can you can look at the numbers, but I'm assuming the fullbacks get the ball more than forty percent of the time in their offense, probably more. Um, you know, I just, I mean, use those guys, use Artis Hobbs. Artis Hobbs is can has speed and he can make some plays, but he doesn't get the ball enough. I don't know. You look at the way Western Kentucky was defending the option; they were kind of t- taking away those those outside pitch plays. I don't know, just. You just kind of toss the ball out, out there and see what Walker and Hobbs can do, make things happen. Maybe, you know? Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that game against Navy his freshman year. Kel Walker probably hasn't had a work workman-like day since then. I mean, he carried 16 times, 94 yards in that fresh in his freshman year in the win over Navy, you know, that year to, you know, to end the streak 21-17. to 17. But, yeah, I, I'm right there with you on Artis Hobbs, too. A couple games ago, it seemed like every time he touched the ball, magic would happen. But, you know, back-to-back losses for the first time since 2017 – uh, you know, Jeff Munkin said this week it, it's not time to panic. Do you think it's kind of at that point? Because offense, defense, you know, both sides of the football, uh, there appear to be some issues right now. Yeah, it really depends on um, what your definition of panic is. Sure. You know, um, you know, I, I look at like just the, is it time to panic on offense? You know, yeah, they scored points against Tulane, but then that, God, that 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 offensive effort against Western Kentucky, it didn't get any worse for a triple option offense, to be honest with you. When I looked at the stat sheet at the end of the third quarter and I saw in the first down column under Army three, I had, I could not believe it. I knew they had time, a hard time moving the football. I believe they were under a hundred yards through three quarters, total offense, but only three first downs, Uh, you know, through three quarters. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, and when did they pick up their their first the initial first down? I mean, yeah, they went they went three and out on the first two drives, and it's just you know, and they don't. I had this conversation with other people like Kelvin Hopkins is probably your the best thrower that they've had of a football in a long time at Army, right? Absolutely. Um, why are you waiting to the seventeenth play of a game when you're not moving the football to throw the football? Yep. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But then. But then, Price, you look at the game against Tulane when they got that fumble early. 
what was the first play they called? A pass to Cam Harrison, which set him, you know, put him inside the ten, and they scored on the next play. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I, I'm journalist, not coach, <laughs> and you know, but you look at like why with the best passer that you have in in a long time at army that you don't utilize that they they'll say well we can't we might not be able to protect him you know a lot of things bad can happen when we throw the ball um cam harrison is a pretty formidable receiver jateel klein is experienced christian hayes has pretty much disappeared where's christian hayes been since the beginning of the season yeah he's in he's in games they don't target christian hayes um you know they go to the slot backs a lot but Get them in, like we said, get them involved more. Why can't you call an early play downfield to Artis Hobbs or a play action pass to Kel Walker? Yeah. It just, you know, it's just, again, journalist, not coach, but, you know, it seems like you're wasting a lot and you're so, you, the mindset is so to we're going to will and we're going to run the football and that's our philosophy and we've done it and we've had success well th- different players different teams you know sometimes you got to do things a little change things up a little bit and let's see how they come out against georgia state if we get like two or three straight fullback dives and a punt then i'm concerned yeah you know, then, then then you're concerned as an army army fan and army followers yep at the end of the day we're all armchair quarterbacks sal so don't worry about it make sure you give sal a follow at bk night nation on twitter again the website blacknightnation.com we don't have you for much longer sal because you got a crazy busy day going on but you know as we uh, move forward you know i know these look i don't think it's panic time i personally i agree with jeff munkin i don't think it is um if you look at and you take the perspective of tulane and western kentucky i mean tulane's off to a five and one start Western Kentucky's four and two. I mean, Tulane, their one loss was was to Auburn yeah. on the road, and they were actually in that football game. I mean, they weren't run out of the building. I believe it was like 20 to six or something. So, I mean, you've lost to two good teams, but you get ready to go down to Atlanta to play Georgia State in the old Atlanta Braves Stadium. Um, this is a four and two team. Sean Elliott's team is hard nosed. They're tough up front. He's a former offensive lineman, coach O line at, at South Carolina before getting a Georgia Tech job. You know, they also can move the football on the ground at over 250 yards a game. They struggle at the same time to stop the run. What do you think about this matchup uh, in Atlanta on on Saturday night? Yeah, certainly not a layup for Army. Yeah, you know, Certainly not a layup. It's going to be a similar game to Western Kentucky where Georgia State's going to want to run the football. They want to take two up time on the clock. And, you know, you look at how they played. Look at last week against Coastal Carolina. They had a big rushing day against Coastal Carolina. Yeah. You look at the way they played earlier in the season. Um there, this is a this is a formidable um, opponent for Army, and like I said, if we if you don't see Army come out strong on offense, it could be a long day because this um this defense can't be on the field like it was against Western Kentucky last week. Um, like we said, there's they've been banged up. There's guys that are playing injured and trying to play through some injuries. They this off this this game is really on the offense on on Saturday to be be honest with you price if they can't put together one of their best games of the season they are not going to win this game yeah and i know uh, jeff munkin probably doesn't want to hear it but you know this is i, I know it's going to be a little bit of a homecoming for him going back to the state of georgia the peach state where he spent a good deal of time uh you know especially obviously we know georgia southern when he was head coach before coming uh to west point but you know, I it's the 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 Peach State has been good to 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 Jeff and um, his staff and you know guys that have spent a good bit of time there and also on the recruiting trail. A lot of players on this team, you know, hail from the Peach State. This is this is really you know a big homecoming of sorts, not just for Jeff Munkin, but for a lot of these faces that play a vital role on this team. Sal. 
Yeah, you, you know, Kel Walker is the guy that yeah. you, you think of right away. Yeah. I mean, Arkees Hobbs, you know, yep. is, is a Georgia guy. Peyton Reader is a Georgia guy. You can go down their list. I think they have 27 or 28 players from Georgia. Uh, Kawina Bonzu has had a big – he has been one of their best defensive linemen this year. He's a sophomore. He's out of Georgia. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty important in the recruiting trail. They, I mean, you see guys who um, have offers from Army and Georgia State. Um, some guys uh, decide on Georgia State. Some guys, you know, do, do commit to Army. So, so, I mean, it's a, it's also it is a big it was a big recruiting uh, time for them uh, to show those kids that are going to probably be in attendance, um, some of their recruits, um, what this program's all about. And, uh, you know, that what these these two games are put in the past. And and this is a, a team that's going to no doubt, no doubt they're going to play and fight to the end. They did against Tulane. They did what they could against uh, Western Kentucky. Um but this is a team that we've, we've been, as we watched the last couple of years, where the fourth quarter is usually theirs. So we'll see if that happens on Saturday. All right, last question. Um, we got to let you go. But on the recruiting front, uh, what's the recruiting update for Army? I, I know a couple of weeks ago, one that caught my eye uh, was, uh, you know, legacy commitment. Joe Jarena, the former quarterback, his son, Brett, uh, linebacker out of uh, the Tampa area Jesuit High School. You know, committing to the Black Knights. Uh, what is the situation? Just update any kind of quick updates on uh, the Black Knights recruiting. Well, I think that right now, Price, to be honest with you, their schedule hasn't really um, um, really given them a chance to bring a lot of uh, commits, uh, recruits on campus mm-hmm. for official visits, you know. Um, Hopefully next week they're at San Jose. Uh, they host San Jose State. That might be a time where they can get more uh, commits on campus and and uh, recruits on campus. So, uh, Brett Arena is a great story. His uh, his uh, father Joe was a quarterback at Army. I talked to his father for a while after um, Brett committed, and it wasn't really any pushing there. But his father said that once because um, I remember um, Brett took a trip to Minnesota. He had some division one, you know, power five schools interested in them. And um, Joe said that, you know, once you commit, that's it, it's over. And he wanted to commit, I believe in April and he held back on it, you know, just to make sure it was um, right. And you had an army's tough to get into. Mm-hmm. Right? He, yeah. he had, he wanted to make sure he had the grades and the, the, the test scores to get in. He got them. And right. And right after he got the test scores, uh, Brett committed really good. He's the third, um, He's the third player from uh, Jesuit to uh, commit, uh, third senior from their um, from their football team to commit to Army. So um, and he's kind of pushed. He kind of you know, uh, Joe gave advice to um, the, the the other two commits about West Point. Didn't really steer him in the direction, but just told him what it was all about and was put on put it all on the table. Um, they recently got a, a, a commit uh, commit from a kick a Hawaii kicker. Uh, that is, is pretty important because the, you know, as we see that in that Western Kentucky game, they're still struggling to find that kick, that kicker, that consistent kicker for them. You know, Quinn Moretz, Quinn Moretzky is the, is the kid's name. He's, I believe the 22nd best senior kicker by Chris Saylor's uh, kicking service. So that's pretty important for them. I mean, you look at, they got, you know what they got to do price. They got to bring in you, you, the way you look at the way the team's uh, gone this year with all the injuries, all the bang up on the offensive line. They got to recruit as many big guys as they can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they just got to recruit as many, I mean, offer as many big guys as they can. They've, they've had a few commitments from a couple of offensive linemen already uh, in, in the 2020 class, but they just got to go out and really uh, build some depth on that offensive line. Yeah. Do they have, they have some bodies, they have some players that they like in their program right now, but they're not ready to put into games yet. Well, you need more options there, I think. So. Yep. 
All right, Sal, everybody can check your workout, blackknightnation.com, and follow on Twitter at BKNightNation. Look, can't thank you enough for the time, man. Sorry to keep you a little long, but it's always good to talk some Army Black Knights with you, my man. Anytime. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Sal. All right, there you go. Sal Interdonato covers Army BlackKnightNation.com. Mid-season check-in with him. Uh, thanks for his time. When we come back, we're going to look ahead uh, to the time ahead this weekend real quick. Our games that we will be looking at, keeping an eye on. Uh, the teams in action, look at those games here coming up as long as as well as the Travis Mannion Foundation Honor Roll segment. That's all coming up next here on Yards and Strikes, your home for Service Academy Football. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy football. Here again is Price Atkinson. All right, let's look ahead to this weekend's set of games. All three teams in action tomorrow. As again, it's Friday as we're recording this. And again, thanks for everybody's patience. Just a crazy, crazy week at the Atkinson household. Uh, kids moving here and there and full-time job, uh, just taking so much precedent in my time uh, with some traveling and everything else. So I want to thank everybody for your patience, but we take a look at this weekend. And Navy going to be the first team up, 3.30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday against the South Florida Bulls. Charlie Strong's team coming into Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Again, a 3.30 kickoff Eastern Standard Time on CBS Sportsnet. The Bulls 3-3 three and three overall, 1-1 one one in the American Athletic Conference, while Navy Ford won 2-1 in the American. But the Mids are looking for their first three-game winning streak since 2017. Speaking of win streaks, the Bulls are on a little bit of a win streak of their own after a 1-3 start. They have now won two in a row, including rallying past BYU last weekend in Tampa. They scored the uh, 13 fourth quarter points to get past BYU down in Tampa and get that second straight win. Now looking for three in a row uh, this coming weekend in Annapolis. Navy a 14.5 point favorite. Uh, heading into this football game in a series that's tied uh, with one win apiece. That last win and game actually uh, came in 2016 when South Florida uh, scored a 52-45 to win uh, down in Tampa. But this will be the first meeting of these two teams between South Florida and Navy as American Athletic Conference opponents. The South Florida Bulls defensively, they rank 18th in the country in turnover margin and have recovered nine footballs on, uh, or nine fumbles, I should say, on the season. But they do give up over 181 yards a game, uh, something to certainly keep an eye on. But it really is all about the Jordan and Jordan show for the Bulls. Jordan McLeod uh, leading the way at quarterback. Uh, you know, Blake Barnett also uh, is there, the, the highly touted transfer uh, from a couple seasons ago. He is a senior. Um, but Jordan Cronkite, Jordan McLeod, uh, that is really where uh, this attack begins and ends for for the Bulls. So uh, we'll take a look at this game. We'll see what happens. Cronkite, 382 yards, uh, rushing, leading the way. McLeod uh, has thrown for 624 yards and eight touchdowns. But Navy, South Florida this weekend, Saturday afternoon kickoff, 3.30 p.m. on CBS Sports Net. Next up on Saturday, the Army Black Knights heading to the big city of Atlanta, Georgia. The Black Knights 3-3 three and three overall, looking to snap that two-game losing streak, taking on the host Georgia State Panthers at 4-2 and two overall, a 7 p.m. kickoff on ESPN+. Army favored by 5.5 uh, going into this football game as of Friday uh, morning, so... 
the Army Black Knights, Georgia State Panthers. As we mentioned, the first two-game losing streak for Army since 2017 when they lost to Houston or uh, Ohio State and Tulane in back-to-back games. But streaky is exactly what Georgia State has been this season and what will be the first ever meeting against Army. The, the Panthers won their first two, then lost two, and now have won two in a row. I think everybody will probably remember that opening game of the season, which honestly seems like forever ago when they went to Knoxville and scored a big victory over uh, the SEC's Tennessee Volunteers. But this, again, will be the first meeting between the two opponents. But Georgia State comes into this game on a roll, winning 31-21 to at Coastal Carolina in a Sun Belt matchup last weekend. Before that, they set a bunch of offensive records, uh, believe rolled up over 700 yards of total offense the week before. Uh, so if Army can get this one, get off the snide, go down to Georgia State against Sean Elliott's team that's a former offensive lineman. You heard me talk with, with Sal Interdonato a little bit about this. You know, Sean Elliott uh, came from South Carolina when he was offensive line coach and has done a really good job turning this program around. Uh, but if Army can somehow get through this one and get this one, which obviously is not a gimme, they've got three of the next four at home at Mikey Stadium. So this is a big one for multitude of reasons for the Black Knights. And speaking of going home, that's what Jeff Munkin's going to be doing, certainly, as he was the head coach at Georgia Southern from 2010 to 2013. So a big opportunity and weekend for the Black Knights in Atlanta against Georgia State and quarter, senior quarterback Dan Ellington. He is that true definition of a true dual-threat quarterback as he is second in the Sun Belt uh, in total offense at just under 300 yards a game. So Dan Ellington is a guy that the Black Knights defense is going to have to contain in the football game. And lastly, on Saturday night, uh, late drawing the short end of the stick, so to speak, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff from Hawaii on CBS Sports Net. The Air Force Falcons heading out to take on the Hawaii Rainbows. Air Force 4-2, and 2-1 two, two and one in the Mountain West, while Hawaii is also sporting a, a identical 4-2 and two record and just 1-1 one one in the Mountain West Conference. Air Force has won two of their last three, uh, and they are going to be a favorite by three points as of last check in this football game. One thing I think is going to be really uh, something to, to look out for, certainly you got to leave early as Air Force left on Thursday to head out to Hawaii. It's a long trip, but the heat and humidity is, is the weather obviously is changing. Colorado Springs already had a snowstorm. It's expected to be above 85 degrees uh, there on the island of Oahu. Humidity is going to be 60 to 70 percent. I mean, this is a game that obviously – Hawaii playing at home that's going to help them they're 3-0 at home this season but uh, that heat and humidity is going to be a factor I think to keep an eye on uh, for Air Force quarterback Cole McDonald for the Rainbows he leads the Mountain West Conference in almost every single offensive passing category 313 yards a game 20 touchdowns directing Nick Rolovich's complex run and shoot offense so this could be a game that features a whole lot of points folks uh, as it was last weekend a shootout to a degree uh, when Hawaii went out to Boise State uh, and Boise State had to put up nearly 60 to get the win but they did get that win but again this series 13-7-1 and Air Force leads the overall series they're also 7-5-1 and in games played at Hawaii so coach Troy Calhoun's team uh, getting ready to go on the road a big game at Hawaii uh, as the Falcons looking to continue this momentum that they've got built up especially coming off that win against Fresno State last week and so USF at Navy Army at Georgia State and Air Force at Hawaii tomorrow all right let's go ahead and turn the page when we come back we're going to 
do take our look at our Travis Mannion Foundation Honor Roll, where we honor and remember a service member who has given the ultimate sacrifice to our country, who has put their life on the line and given that sacrifice for our nation's freedom. And we will do that next with the Travis Mannion Foundation Honor Roll, coming up next here on Yards and Stripes. All right, time for our Travis Mannion Foundation Honor Roll segment, uh, where we honor and remember a fallen hero, someone who has given the ultimate sacrifice for our for our country, and the Travis Mannion Foundation, which is just making a difference in communities across the country, uh, gearing up for what now uh, will be their uh, Operation Legacy in the month of November, uh, with projects going on, uh, legacy service projects, coast to coast. And if you want to find out how you can sign up, be a part of one of those. Help the Travis Mannion Foundation, uh, families, friends of loved ones who have given the ultimate sacrifice. Go check them out, travismannion.org online, uh, right there on their homepage. They, they've got a map, and you can just find out and sign up wherever you might live in, a, in hopefully a city near you in a way that you can get involved in Operation Legacy going on coming up next month during November. Um, and in the words of, of Travis Mannion himself, if not me, then who? Um, and it's our, our fallen heroes who put their life on the line, but it, but at the end of the day have given that ultimate sacrifice uh, and are heroes. Everybody uh, serving in uniform is a hero, uh, but as are especially those uh, that have given that sacrifice for our country and for our freedom. And this week we're going to honor a member uh, from the United States Army, Sergeant Arthur A. Mora Jr. And Arthur Mora, out of the U.S. Army, uh, he was just 23 years old uh, when he lost his life uh, during a firefight struck by enemy fire uh, during patrol operation in Balad, Iraq. And that was almost 14 years ago, uh, October the 9th or 19th, 2005, while serving in oper Operation Iraqi Freedom. And as he was a native of Pico Rivera, California, assigned to the 5th Squadron, 7th Cavalry Regiment, 1st Brigade Combat Team out of Fort Stewart, uh, Georgia. And Arthur Mora, you know, ex described by his family uh, as just someone who is a wonderful son, caring brother, doting dad, devoted husband, and his wife's best friend, with family being his number one priority. Uh, along with the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. He was quiet, hilarious, uh, also the family clown who enjoyed seeing everyone around him with a smile or laughing until it hurt their side. And he decided at an early age, uh, his mother described Sylvia, quote, when they went to, uh, in, well, uh, they paid a visit to the American Military Museum in, um, in California, in Southern California. And she said, quote, when he saw all the tanks, he fell in love with the idea of joining the Army, end quote. Uh, then she went on to say, quote, after that, he would spend hours playing with his little army guys, end quote. And as the Travis Manion Foundation writes, he never wavered in his vision and enlisted within months of graduating from El Rancho High School in 2000. And as he was serving, he met his wife, uh, Veronica, at a restaurant in Ohio. Uh, they went on to, to obviously get married and have a son and daughter, and their daughter, Selena, and son, Christopher. Uh, as well as uh, adopting uh, Veronica's young daughter, Olivia. And as his wife, Veronica, said, quote, he was the frosting to my cupcake. He made everything in life sweeter. 
and as we mentioned, lost his life uh, tragically on October the 19th, 2005, in a firefight in Iraq while serving in Operation Iraqi Freedom. And it's just the people like Arthur Moore and the others that we talk about every single week right here uh, who have given their life, and, and, and not just all those who have given their life, but all those who right now are, are serving in places at home around the world and in places that we just can't even imagine. Um, they put that uniform on every single day and everybody in uniform. I've said it before, I'll say it again, everybody in uniform is a hero uh, because of their decision uh, to serve. And But we take this time every week because, you know, as we know, our freedom isn't free. Life is is more than, far more than a game. Uh, is is uh, football, you know, it's just, it's simply on Saturdays and sometimes during the week, but um, life is just far more precious than any wins or loss on a scoreboard. So, you know, we want to remember uh, Sergeant Arthur A. Mora, Jr., United States Army, uh, this week here on this edition of Yards and Stripes in the Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment. Through Travis Manion Foundation's Operation Legacy Service Projects, veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians across the country come together under the common cause to serve in honor of our nation's heroes. Service projects include city beautifications, planting memorial trees, volunteering at shelters, park cleanups, and more. Ask yourself, if not me, then who? And register for a project near you or as a virtual volunteer by visiting oplegacy.org. All right, another episode of Yards and Stripes. Your home for Service Academy football is just about in the books. And want to thank everybody for tuning in this week and all season. Also, Sal Interdonato from blackknightnation.com. Make sure you go and check them out on Twitter, online, for a lot of fantastic coverage when it comes to Army football. It's a guy, and Sal, who's done this is long, uh, longer than most people. So just really appreciate Sal's time and kind of diving into Army and where the Black Knights are as they're headed to Georgia State. And it's not going to be an easy game on Saturday, but a couple other games, as we just talked about, USF at Navy and then also Air Force heading out to Oahu. They're going to be taking on the Hawaii Rainbows. So good luck to all three teams, all three fan bases. We'll be back next week again. Look forward to doing with this with you every single week. Again, download, subscribe, uh, listen on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, all kinds of ways to listen to us each and every single week. But for now, Price Atkinson, I will see you guys again next week. Enjoy the football this weekend and have a blessed weekend. We'll do it again next week right here on Yards and Stripes. Your home for Service Academy football. To get more on all things Service Academy football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And as always, you can subscribe to Yards and Stripes on iTunes and Stitcher. Join us again next time for Yards and Stripes Service Academy football.